classes that you really didn't want to take, but you had to, you know. And these were two things that Jesus said that, that we should do before we try to follow after Him. And, uh, you know, what I do for a living, I'll tell you a quick, quick analogy. Um, you know, what I do for a living is I, I'm an electrical engineer and I work at a, at a plant. I work at a Firestone Orange. And one of my jobs is, is to make, have you ever wondered... Like, you know, like a motor, a big electric motor, and, and they have, they're inside of metal casings, right? You know, and, and, and you know, you, you think, why do they put a electric motors in, in, in metal casings? Because if, if for some reason the insulation on the motor gets eaten up or, or wears out and, and the outside of the motor is energized, if you touch it, if somebody were to touch it, what would happen? They get shocked, right? They get electrocuted. And the reason for that is very simple. You've probably heard, you know, electricity seeks, seeks the closest path to ground. It seeks the path of least resistance to ground. And whenever, whenever this motor is, is energized and you touch it, you become the path of least resistance. And, uh, you know, and it, and it flows through. And so what, part of my job is... Is, is to make sure that things are properly grounded. And what that means is, is that I, I attach a, some type of a electrode or, or bonding uh, material to the, to the motor, and I, I run a, a cable down into the ground so that it has a path, a very low resistance path to ground. Therefore, if the motor becomes energized, goes to ground, I touch it, I don't get shocked. Okay? And, uh, you know, a lot of times... How many of y'all know that that's our nature? Is that it's innate in us to seek the path of least resistance. You know, it's innate in us to, to find the thing that, that, doesn't, that, that is the least burdensome on ourselves. It's innate in us to, to find the path in life where, where we can get by without, without really having to, having to go through as little as possible. But how many of y'all know that... that I'd say probably about 99% of the time that that path of least resistance is not the path that God has laid out for our life. You know, because God, God uses those difficulties of life to shape us and to form us and to make us into the people that He wants us to be. And uh, so, anyway, in, in verse 21 here, Jesus has begun telling His disciples about uh, how he's going to have to suffer and how he's going to have to die. And in verse 21, I, I'm reading from uh, the New Living Translation. Uh, it says, From then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day he would be raised from the dead. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. That's a powerful statement, you know. Get away from me, Satan. And uh, what Peter was doing there was is that he was saying that Jesus, he was basically saying, Jesus, you shouldn't have to suffer 
to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. You shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to go through difficulty or pain or trial or tribulation in order to accomplish what God wants you to accomplish. But how many of y'all know that, that there was no other way that we could be saved There was no other way that we could be redeemed unless Jesus Christ went to the cross and suffered and died for our sins. You know, and 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 you know, the devil did offer the same shortcut to Christ. He said, He said, if you jump off this building, he took him to the top of a building whenever he was tempted, and he said, If you jump off this building, the angels will catch you, and all men will know that you're Lord. And then you can bypass all that pain and suffering, and you'll be the king of the world. You know, he said, I'll give you all these kingdoms. If you'll just bow down to me. And, and, and Peter here, Peter here, we see the same thing. Jesus, you don't have to suffer. You don't have to, you don't have to go through pain. You don't have to go through the trial. Take the easy path. Take the path of least resistance is what he was telling him. And, uh, you know, Jesus quickly identifies this as a, as a deception from the devil, as an opposition to God's will and way. And as a dangerous trap to Christ Himself, you know, it was a trap even to Christ, that thought in His mind, well, there's, a, there's an easier way, there's a shortcut, there's a, there's a path of least resistance, but it's not God's path. And you know, something, something that I've noticed is, is that there's this mentality in a lot of, in a lot of people these days about um, instead of what, how can I serve the church, there's a, there's a lot of a mentality of, of how can the church serve me, you know? Uh, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, not, what, not what I can do for God, but God, what are you doing for me, you know? And, and it's a dangerous mentality. It's a dangerous trap whenever we get into that mindset, whenever it's all about me, me, me. You know, whenever, whenever just because, you know, I, I was, I, was um, I had somebody commit to, to go and, 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 and do a ministry opportunity not too long ago, and, and he called me uh, the day before, and he, and he said, he said, you know, Josh, I, I'm, just, I'm just not going to make it. I've got to be honest with you, I'm, I'm just not feeling it, you know, and I thought, I thought to myself, man, that's, that's an interesting mentality, and it's, it's no big deal that he didn't come, you know, there was plenty of people to help. But I just kind of thought to myself, you know, we're, we're not about feelings. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, we, 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 don't, we don't move as believers by how we feel in the moment. We move, we move by faith, believing that, that our purpose doesn't change because He never changes, you know? Amen? So, you know, God intended the church to operate like Christ operated while He was on earth. Uh, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, the Apostle Paul said that uh, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though He was God, He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, He gave up His divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when He appeared in human form, He humbled Himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. You know, and, and, and here the Apostle Paul, he points to Jesus. He points to Jesus and, and says, you know, uh, you know he, he gave up his position in heaven and he came to earth and he, he followed God even to the point of death. And the Bible says, it says, we should have that same mind in us to follow Christ even to our detriment, you know. And, 
So I'd like to read, um, read on here in chapter 16. It says, in verse 24, it says, Then Jesus said to His disciples, If any of you wants to be My follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Uh, many versions say, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow Me. And these are the great prerequisites that Christ gives for us to follow Him. You know, and, and over the next two weeks, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to show you what I believe is Jesus' heart for, for, for the church as we follow Him. Because how many of y'all know that, that we can be born again and He can be our Savior, but there's, there's times in our life where we get our eyes off of Him and He's not Lord. And we're not following Him anymore. And that's very important. And so the first thing that, that He talks about is, He says, denial of self. If anyone wants to follow after Me, you have to, you have to deny yourself. You know, and um, there's an interesting thing that inside of every single person, inside of every single believer, there is a conflict on the inside of us. There's a conflict on the inside of us. Because, you know, whenever we're born again, God comes in and He takes away our sin and He, he renews our spirit and He doesn't look on us as, as, as sinful but as holy then but we still have inside of us uh, uh, an inclination to not follow Him. It's, 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 um, it's this inclination. You know, and I want to show you something interesting in Scripture. Kind of to back up what I'm saying. Um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, uh, Paul is talking, he's kind of closing, and, and he, he's, he's addressing the people. He's giving kind of a salutation off. And he says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And something that a lot of people don't understand is, is that God, whenever He made man, He made us as, as, as a three-part being, if you will. You know, the Spirit... The Spirit is the eternal part of us. The Spirit is what uh, sets us apart from the animals. It's the, it's the eternal part of us. It's the part of us that's created in the image of God and that it's, it's, an, it's an eternal uh, piece of us that's going to live forever. And the Spirit is what Christ comes and renews whenever we're born again. The second part of man that God intended was the soul. The soul is your is your is your mind it's your personality it's your characteristics it's it's what separates you from every other person it's what makes you 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 know it's what makes me me some would say looking at my soul that god has a sense of humor <laughs> my wife would say that for sure and uh you know the third part is the body and the body is our is is physical skin us you know it's the deteriorating uh, body that we live in. It's the, it's the, it's the thing that God will one day renew whenever, we, whenever we're taken up after He comes back. And so we were made spirit, soul, and body. That's how God made us. That's how God intended it to be. That's the way it was whenever Adam and Eve were in the garden. But when sin entered into man's heart, and the Bible says that, that through one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and that, that that because of Adam's sin, the curse fell upon man. And now, 
we are born into sin. We're born into this sin nature. And a fourth part of man comes into play. And it's called, it's called the flesh. That's what it's referred to a lot in the Bible, the flesh. It's that piece of us that, that resists the plan of God. It's that piece of us that, 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 says, that says, take the path of least resistance. All right, all right. You don't have to do what's right. Nobody will ever know. You know, it's that piece of us that, that is lazy, Lord. You know, it's that piece of us that, that, that would rather um, just take the easy route than, than find God's will and God's purpose for our life and be the best that we can be. You know, and, and that's the flesh. And, um, you know, the Apostle Paul, he talked about it a little bit in Romans. In, uh, in Romans chapter 7, verse 15... Apostle Paul, you know, you might, it's, it's, Pastor Sam calls it the, the schizophrenic rant. He, uh, he, says, he says, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living inside of me. You know, and there's a battle inside of us. You gotta realize, we gotta realize if we're gonna follow Christ, that every single thing that pops into our heart and into our head, that is not our master. Jesus is our master. You know? And, and, and just because something pops into our heart, just because we get this inkling or this dream or whatever, you know, it's gotta bounce and jive with the Word of God. It's gotta bounce with the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives because there's a battle inside of us. There's a battle waging and we've got to learn, first of all, to identify what is God and what is the flesh. And, and, and Jesus says that in order to follow Him, we have to be able to deny our flesh. We have to be able to say no. Even though that would be the easy thing, even though I really want to do that, I understand that God has a greater purpose for my life. I understand that His Word says that, that even though my flesh tells me I need to go this way, that His, the Word of God says I need to go this way, and so I'm going to go this way because the Holy Spirit is leading me, and I'm going to follow. And that is an absolute requisite to following Jesus Christ, is the ability to say no to the flesh. It's the ability to, to identify where His Spirit is leading and to follow. And you know... Um, Something I just like to throw out there is, is something I've heard again and again as I've grown up is, is the thing that the thing that we feed is going to win on the inside of us. You know, if we're constantly feeding our spirit with the Word of God and prayer and fellowship and church and service and 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 uh, you know missions and and all these things, then our spirit is going to build up and it's going to win. But if if we're constantly fulfilling our own desire. And, and seeking pleasure and comfort and, and uh, you know, at the expense of, of, of the purpose of God in our lives. And, you know, filling ourselves with junk and, and you know, uh, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And our flesh is going to win, you know. But, but we've got to recognize that there is a battle on the inside. And we've got to learn, before we can follow Christ, we've got to learn to deny our flesh. Say no. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow God. Um, the second thing that Jesus says, He says to take up your cross. Now, this used to confuse me a lot. Take up your cross. 
you know, what does that mean? Well, in Christ's terms, you know, what you need to understand is, is this is, this is days before He was going to go and, and, and be crucified. And for Jesus, the cross was a representation of the, of the great burden that He had to bear in order to accomplish God's purpose for His life. But the cross in this context has a, has a, broader, has a broader meaning, if you will. It, uh, it, it, it speaks to all the problems of life that might come our way. All the burdens of life that come our way. And the first thing that we need to understand is, as believers, you know, um, I've, I've seen something... I've seen something that's, that's pretty dangerous that, that some believers have, have preached and thought and taught. And, um, and it's this belief that, that, if, that if we come to Jesus, if we come to, if we come to know Him, then everything will be uh, just, just good and comfortable and pleasurable and awesome and all your problems go away. And, and you know, that's a dangerous and a false gospel to preach. You know, because if people come to Christ believing that all their problems are going to go away, they're going to leave disillusioned, and they're going to leave discontent, and they're going to leave a little upset. And so I encourage you, uh, when you're witnessing to folks, you know, don't, don't, don't preach this false gospel that, it, that when we come to Christ, all of our problems go away. You know? uh, we need to point to the cross and say, say, hey, if you come to Jesus, you get to go to heaven for eternity, and He takes your sins away. You know, that's the gospel. But anyway, it's a false gospel that, that, that if we're not careful, it gets into our hearts, you know, and, and, and when things go wrong, you know, I, I, it, it, I, you know, it's unfathomable to me. It's just v- extremely unfathomable to me uh, how people get mad at God whenever bad things happen in their lives. And, and what it is, is it's, it's a misconception of the world that we live in, you know, uh, and, and, and we've got to understand a couple of things, you know, uh, you know, I was listening to sports radio today, and they were talking about how, um, you know, a lot of players are suing the NFL for, for concussions, they say, they say, well, well, you know, they didn't protect me enough from concussions, so I'm going to, I'm going to sue the NFL, and, and, you know, the, 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 the top guy, he was saying, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you know, you signed up for it, buddy, you know, and, and it's a dangerous sport. And you understand if you're going to go out there and you're going to run around while 240-pound men, men who can run, uh, you know, as fast as a track star trying to knock your head off, you need to understand you might get a concussion, you know. And, and the whole point of it was is that they understand, they understand on the front end what to expect so they really don't have any grounds to be suing the NFL uh, because they understood the terms at the beginning. And it's the same thing with, with believers, you know. We need to understand on the front end what God's calling us to. You know, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere, I challenge you to find it because it's not there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that if we come to Christ, we can expect pleasure and comfort and ease and everything will be good. Now listen, I'm blessed. I'm I'm so blessed and I praise God for it and I have blessings in my life and I'm not saying that it's it's bad to have stuff that makes you happy. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is is that that we set ourselves up for a trap if we don't expect things to go wrong in life sometimes. You know? And Jesus 
Jesus and Paul and, 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 and the prophets and, and everybody, you know, they, they told us, they said, when you come to Christ, you can expect additional tribulations in life. And the reason for that is very simple. You know, if you're in a river and the current's going this way and you try to walk this way, you will experience resistance. And we live in a sinful world. We live in a world, you can turn the TV on and look at the news or look at the shows or look at whatever and you see that this world, if sin is that way, that's the direction that the world goes, you know? And whenever we follow, and Christ, Christ is going the exact opposite way. And so whenever we follow Christ, we need, we need to understand on the front end so that we don't become disillusioned that there will be resistance, you know? Uh, but it's okay. You know, it's okay if people look at you funny sometimes uh, or, or, or think you're kind of weird. Or, you know, I went out, I went out today and, and, you know, me and Laura, we, we have a great neighborhood, very community-oriented, and, uh, but we kind of noticed that, that some of our neighbors, they don't seem like they're, they're faithful churchgoers. And so it's kind of in our heart to, um, to reach out to them. And today we were leaving for church and she went out there and, she was kind of talking with, with some of our neighbors, and I walked out there, and, and you know, I, I, I was standing there, and I realized I had my Bible in my hand, and, and you know, that, that, that little flesh thought comes in your head, oh, I bet I look kind of, kind, of, kind of silly right now, you know, to them in their eyes, and, you know, that same thing comes up into me whenever I'm trying to tell people about the Lord, you know, what are they going to think, how are they going to take this, you know, and, but it's okay, it's okay to look a little silly sometimes, you know, I know... I know that each and every one of you, you know, even, even the tightest person in this room has been a goof at some time, you know. That's right. Maybe it was high school or college, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe when you're with your family on the holidays. But listen, we're, we're willing to cut loose a little bit, and so let's be willing to, you know, we can, we can look silly for the Lord a little bit in people's eyes. You know, the Bible says that, that the gospel is foolishness to the unbeliever. It's foolishness. I don't get it. The Bible says that, 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 the, that the lost, you know, they have a veil over their eyes. But I want to tell you something. That people will never know the direction to go in their darkness if we don't shine a light into their world. You know? And we've got to be willing. We've got to be willing to look a little silly sometimes. And, and, and it could result in some, in some hardships that, that, that people normally, that, that people in the world, how many of you know, how many of you know that, that believers, we experience hardships that the world doesn't experience because of our faith. You know, it's true. And God, He told us on the front end, oh, there it goes. He told us on the front end, He said, expect some tribulation. You know, expect some tribulation. So we need to expect it on the front end. Uh, some other crosses in our lives. You know, there's, there's just the normal things of life. We've got to understand that we live in a fallen world. We don't live in a perfect world. You know, when sin entered the world, the, the world fell, and it became imperfect. And so there's, there's death. Our loved, ones, our loved ones die. You know, it's sad, but it happens. You know, our, 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 our friends and our family get sick. We see people suffer that we love, and it's difficult. Maybe we suffer, and it's difficult. It's hard to go through that. You know, there's... there's um, there's relationships that are broken. There's, there's, there's bad things that happen in this fallen world. But I want to tell you today that if we're going to follow Christ, 
We've got we've we've to take on those crosses. We've got to bear up those crosses of sickness, pain, disease, tribulation, hardship. We've got to bear those crosses and be able to keep our eyes on Him and follow Him. He said, if you're going to be my follower, you have to deny yourself. You have to be able to take up the cross. You have to be able to take on the burdens of life. You have to be able to, uh, even whenever things don't go your way, and even, even when you don't feel like it, and even whenever uh, you know, there's a lot going on in your life and nothing's going your way, we've got to be able to keep our eyes on Him and follow Him. Bear the cross. Continue through the pain. Have faith that God is working all things together for His good and His purpose in our lives. And listen, I want to tell you something. The Scripture doesn't say that God works all things together for good, for, for my good. It says all things together for good. And sometimes, sometimes we just got to realize that it's not about me. It's not about me. You know, I've heard, I've heard story after story after story about missionaries who spend their whole lives and they never see one person converted. But after they're gone, somebody was impacted and somebody's changed and the ripple effects go and change the world. You know? And we've got to realize that it's not about us. We've got to be able to take those crosses, you know, not let it be weary. You know, rise up on wings like eagles, the Bible says, and continue to follow after Him. Let's see. Got off my notes a little bit there. Oh, this is good. <laughs> uh, you know, it says... You notice that in the prerequisites he put denial of self before taking up the cross. I think God has a reason for everything he does. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, if you really take a close look at the Bible, order and numbers and sequence uh, play a significant role in the Bible. You know, God has patterns. That he that he that he spreads throughout his word, and 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 I believe that that God God orders things purposefully in his word, you know. And so, uh, you know, I was thinking on this and 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 praying about it, and you know, self denial came before taking up the cross, and the reason for that, I believe, is because whenever we, you know, you know, when we're following Christ and we come into tribulation, the Bible says that, you know. And His grace is sufficient for us because His strength is made perfect in weakness. You know, the Bible says that, that, that He will never give us any temptation for which we don't have grace to overcome. And so when we're following Christ and we experience tribulation, there's grace to walk through that and to have Him mold us and shape us and do what He wants to do inside of us. But if we're walking in the flesh, if we're not denying self, we create for ourselves this whole... Uh, area of issues in life for which we do not have grace to walk in. You know, and so and so if if we're if we're if we're not denying self, if we're walking strictly in the flesh and not following God but taking the easy ways of life at the detriment of God, you know, we create this area of life where we have burdens and problems and and, and, and that that we do not have grace from God to bear. That's why it's so important that we deny self first and then follow Him and take up our cross. So, those are the two requisites. Now, uh, for, 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 for an effort not to uh, 
be seen as a Debbie Downer. Have y'all seen? Have you ever seen Debbie Downer on Saturday Night Live? Google it. It's funny. Uh, for the sake of not to be a Debbie Downer, uh, you know, there's a reason why God has it set up this way. There's a reason, and there is a an incentive to sacrifice for God now, to deny ourselves, to 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 bear through these burdens of life, and and to follow after Him. You know, uh, after that passage that I read you from Philippians, where it talks about how Christ came and He gave up His His deity, and He He became a slave to man, and and He followed God even to the point of death. Uh, you know, the next passage it says, "Therefore, because Christ did all that, because He paid the ultimate sacrifice, it says God elevated Him to the place of highest honor." and gave Him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, the Apostle Paul, he suffered. If you've ever read about the Apostle Paul, he suffered. You know, he was, he was beaten for his faith. Praise God that we don't get beat for our faith. Amen? He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by a deadly snake and brought back to life. Um, he was imprisoned several times. Praise God that we that we don't have that we don't have guards busting through those doors and taking us to jail. Praise the Lord, you know. Um, but Paul went through all this stuff, and and talking about all that stuff, he he said this in Philippians chapter three, verse twelve. He said, uh, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. Speaking of, of, um, he was talking about running the race and completing the race and and serving God your whole life. And he says, uh, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. This is very important. Forgetting the past, but looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And what we need to understand is is that there is an eternal reward. There 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 are eternal dividends for every price we pay on earth for the Lord. For everything that we pay, you know, there's there's some things there's some things that we receive we receive payment for and repayment for in this life. You know, God blesses us in this life. You know, and like I said, I, I'm not preaching that we need to live poverty lives and we don't need to have stuff and and we don't need to have any fun because uh, I thank God for all the blessings in my life. What I'm preaching is is that whenever God says go this way and it looks a little bit harder than going this way, we need to do what God tells us to do, you know? And that's the bottom line. And, uh, and there's an eternal reward for those that will do that. And I just want to close with um, a couple more verses from Matthew 16 here on the tail end of, of, of this Scripture. Uh, in verse 26 it says, and what, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Is anything worth more than your soul? 
For the Son of Man will come with His angels in the glory of His Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. You know, and, and a lot of people they say, well, I thought, I thought deeds didn't play a role. I thought it was by grace that we're saved. You're right. We're saved by grace. But something that, another thing that we need to understand on the front end is that every single person will give an account of every single thing that we do. One day we'll stand before God and He'll look at us. After He separated the lost from the saved, He'll look at, the, he'll look at each and every believer and He'll judge us according to our deeds. You know, and the Bible says, the Bible says that if we'll sacrifice in this life, if we'll, if we'll submit to Him and follow after Him in word and deed and thought, you know, we live maybe 80, 90, 100 years. If we'll give, if we'll give God this finite amount of time, this, this speck in eternity, get eternal perspective with me tonight, because our lifetime, you know what percentage your lifetime is in eternity? Zero. This life is 0% of our existence. And God says that if you'll just give me 0%, if you'll submit to me in this life, then I will reward you eternally. And so I want to tell you, you know, there's, whenever, we, whenever you find suffering in life, and there may be, let's close our eyes together, there, I, there may be somebody in here tonight who's suffering. You may know somebody who's suffering. And I want to tell you tonight that there's two things that we can do. There's two outcomes to suffering in this life. If we turn to God and we trust Him, and we give our suffering to Him, then He will work in us something eternal. He will work in us His purposes and His plan for our lives if we will continue to be submitted to Him in suffering. And the other alternative is, is to become hard of heart and suffer for nothing. And so I just want to pray for you tonight. I want to pray that, that I want to pray first for the, for, the, for the people that are suffering. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you, Lord God. That...